I mean, how can there be joy when so many people are unemployed? How can we live with joy when more people than died in the 9-11 terrorist attacks are dying in our country every day from the pandemic, from one particular cause, let alone anything else that's happening? How can there be joy when we're wondering what's next? How can there be joy when the kinds of celebrations that we're used to are are being limited, need to be limited to try to keep ourselves and our neighbors and our families, our communities safe and healthy? Where is God, some would ask, in the midst of all these things? And I'm sure that As we read throughout the scripture, there are many places and easily found places where believers, the Israelites, and of course then the followers of Jesus and afterwards begin to ask those same questions. The Israelites are probably asking, how can we have joy when we are exiled from our homeland? When we are away from the temple that that had been built to worship God, to house God in. When we are so far away, how can we have joy? Where is God in the midst of all of this? And then think about Elizabeth. Elizabeth, the wife of a priest. The wife of a priest, and there weren't that many priests left in those days. Maybe 5,000, we think. That sounds like a big number, but, but that meant that when he was chosen to go into the temple to light, and this isn't the story we read today, but this is before, so you need to get your Bible out and go back. When he gets chosen to go into the Holy of Holies and he gets chosen to light the incense, it's a once-in-a-lifetime thing, and when the priest goes in, the priest is supposed to come out and generally have something to say, a word from the Lord. And he receives a word from the Lord, but he doesn't believe it. Because Elizabeth, I'm sure, and Zechariah had already decided that they wouldn't have children, that his line, if you want to look at it that way, his line was ended. There would be no priests in Zechariah's line. And Elizabeth probably felt responsible for that because they were elderly They were old and beyond the childbearing years. But Zechariah receives this message from God. Elizabeth will conceive and she will bear a son. And he doesn't believe it. He doesn't believe that he could have joy in this time of his life because of all the environmental factors. And so he's struck mute. He cannot speak. So just imagine the people then, he comes out and he can't speak. He can't bring the word of the Lord and he's gesturing to them and they don't have any clue what is going on with him. They're probably wondering, what what just happened here? Are we in trouble? And think about Mary. I mean, maybe she's having some joy. She's, She's betrothed to Joseph. 
But, I mean, Mary, as being in the Holy Land, you realize and you hear the stories like, I mean, Nazareth is a nowhere place in a nowhere part of Israel. I mean, it's much bigger now because of their fame, but then you couldn't even see it from the main passageways that went through the valleys. It's up on a hill and it's in the valley of the top of this hill and it's small enough that it hid the town. I mean, she's she's a nowhere girl from a nowhere town. And yes, maybe being betrothed is giving her some joy and, and looking forward to, you know, having her life. But think about this for a moment now this messenger that comes. And Gabriel, it's interesting, the angel Gabriel only comes in the Bible three times, in his name three times. In the book of Daniel, which is a a book about revelation, about revealing things, about apocalyptic, which means a revealing of things, to Zechariah and to Mary. Revealing things that are to come troubling things in a sense as well because imagine hearing this news right like oh this child that you're going to bear is going to be the messiah is going to be the one who saves Israel all of these things you're going to get pregnant the Holy Spirit's going to overshadow you I mean just for a moment you wonder like whoa what does this mean like can I just have a regular life can't I just have a regular life? I mean, Zechariah can't share with Elizabeth what the news that he's given about John, the one who would be named John. I think it's interesting in the story, they name him John, there's nobody else named John in their entire lineage. But John will not become a priest at the temple. He will become a priest at the riverside, in the wilderness. And so the traditional ways that we think about joy get a, get a little bit twisted up here because joy, we think of it, I, I think we often think of it, joy is happiness. Well, I, I want to turn that on its side a little bit. I don't think joy is happiness. I think happiness is circumstantial, right? I just found a $20 bill on, on the sidewalk and nobody's claiming it, Right? So I can, and this is just me, I'd probably look for the nearest person who's panhandling and go give them the $20 bill so they could go get something to eat or whatever they need to do. That would just be me. Or, you know, maybe you, you're going to put it in your pocket and maybe go share a cup of coffee with a friend when you can do that. Now that's happiness. That's, that's that sort of thing. But joy, joy is deeper than that because joy goes deeper than that. It's, it's, it's a way of seeing In a sense, it's a way of believing that even though all these things are not the way we think they ought to be, that that there's something else going on, that there's, there's something that we can see that's different. And for those of us who are followers of Jesus, I believe that it comes from our trust in God. Because God says... Back to those who are in exile, God says, I dwell in the high and lofty places. I'm I'm away from you, 
You, you have a hard time seeing me, feeling me, but I also dwell with those who are in the lowly places, who are contrite and humble in spirit. I dwell with you even when you cannot see me. And I do that. I give you a new spirit to revive you. To revive you. And so all these things where you cannot see me, I'm actually closer than what you think. I'm so close that it's hard to see me. Can we trust in the midst of anything that we're going through? When it seems like we just can't get a break. When things keep happening to us or to our friends or to our neighbors. When we hear of one more person who has cancer. When we hear one more friend's mom has died of COVID-19. When we hear of one more miscarriage, can we trust in the one who is so close to us that sometimes we can't see? Can we trust in the one who sent his son in Mary to be God with us? Can we let it be with us that we can live with this joy that seeks not to just see things on their surface level, but to see beyond them? To see the joy in post holes dug for footings for a ramp for someone who needs it? Can we see the joy and the angelic messengers in lights hung to signal to the neighborhood that, hey, we're still celebrating? Can we see joy and sense it in meals shared with those we don't even know? Because we believe that God is with the humble and the lowly and the contrite of heart. Can we let it be with us? Can we leap for joy at the good news of things that might happen even in incremental bits? Even when we don't know the outcome of what that good news might be. In Jesus, God is with us. Emmanuel. Let it be with us that we live with joy. Amen.